Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. So it was originally called, uh, and then there were none. That's I'm the sorry. name of one of the movies. Yeah. So that is the name of the movie, um, the book. And I think when they originally released it, at least in the UK, they released it under the original slash correct title. Oof. So, yeah. yeah. Oof. Thanks for explaining it the safer way, Rogan. Without a... Yeah, you know. Like I said, I don't want to have to do that explainer. <laughs> but anyway, let's get in. Let's get into this show. Yeah. As you may have heard, it is just Nick Dahl and I doing a two-man show. So we're back to the original crew, doing it old school, mm-hmm. doing it old school Breaking Geek Radio the podcast for this this Good Friday. Nick Dahl, how you doing? Good, pretty good. How about yourself? I'm good. Uh, it's a Good Friday at an early day um, off from work slash school, so I've relaxed a little bit and nice. uh, feeling pretty good. So. Welcome, dear listener, to Breaking Geek Radio, the podcast, the premier flagship and international podcast of LRM Online slash the Genreverse Network. Uh, so we're less international, more like intercontinental. Yeah. Well, we're still on the same continent, Con- right? Content- right? Continental. Regional. No, wait. Interstate. Not, regional. Interstate. <laughs> interstate. Interstate podcasts of LRM Online. Different time zone Genre. podcast. In my head, I'm imagining like the uh, like a championship belt from WWE. The interstate belt. You need one of those. That's what I want next time they like, hey, which podcast has the most views? Like, I want an interstate belt. <laughs> so, anyway, we've got uh, on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about Death on the Nile, which is directed by Kenneth Brenna and stars several stars uh, to include a, an interesting digital likeness of Army Hammer. <laughs> Because you know reasons, I'm actually kind of shocked they didn't do that. But anyway, I think it's gonna be fun. Hey, wait, have you have you tried to say his name? Have you have you like practice? Are, are you ready for this? Are you ready for this podcast? Like as I was watching this podcast, Nick, I was like, is he, is he gonna be able to say the detective's name? Perot, only the last name. Okay. I okay. Hercule Perot. I don't know. The, the, one of the guys in the trailers I was talking about on Alamo Draft House. One of the guys who played him pronounced the first name completely incorrectly compared to the <laughs> other ones they showed. <laughs> See what sucks is like without anybody else here, you, you just nailed it. Like that's it. That's yeah. close enough for American tongues and ears. I couldn't as have said odd it as that phrasing is before seeing the movie last night. <laughs> I've been like Perot. <laughs> Period. Ross Perot. <laughs> Ross Perot's ancestor was a detective. Weird. Couldn't figure out how to be president. And we're gonna get a little Boba Fett. Boba Fett too, aren't we? Allegedly. Yeah. We're gonna we're was... gonna talk some Boba Fett, and uh, we're also gonna talk some news. So you ready to dig into it? Yeah. Let's dig All deep. Right. Let's dig, dig in there. Well, you know, service level. Service level. Okay. Service level. Uh, we've got a couple of things coming up. So. 
he wants to talk movie pass movie pass is being resurrected from the dead and if you all didn't know what this was it was a program that allowed you to like in bulk pay for a monthly subscription fee and you could go to specific theaters and see whatever movie was playing right like that was the deal and then over time it got chopped down and there were more restrictions you could go on these certain days and it's only got cheaper when the moon, and cheaper yeah only when the moon was in a certain phase and like it just got weird and strange and more difficult to figure out and then it just it shuttered um and apparently uh they're just they're just bringing it back um so what's interesting about it is they're bringing back a lot of the engineers and a lot of the same people that worked on it it's like it is it is the same company almost what you got nick i was gonna say it's even the same guy like spikes or yeah. whatever i forgot what his last name is but it's even the exact same guy gave the presentation and yeah everything. did you it's, watch the video i said no watch the video one of the things this guy a video i sent out uh i'll maybe i'll include it in the post if i remember um you know just one of those internet personalities but he was explaining the entire process and how like going cheaper than amc was their main rival kind of rebuked it a little bit but the final nail in the coffin was they advertised see mission impossible fallout like they advertised it yet they didn't have any tickets for it and this was a debacle mm. at the movie theater when i was working because <laughs> all these people showed up with their movie pass uh they could to see fallout they couldn't see fallout even the movie pass had advertised you could see fallout on us and then their stock dropped to zero dollars the next week and they were kicked off the market it all comes back to Tom Cruise. People yeah, like walking in with their movie up. passes and just like shake him in your faces. Like, hey, come on, kid. Let me in. No. And they were no. notoriously just, even when they were allowed to go to a movie, this didn't work sometimes. Because how it worked is you would go on an app, pick a movie. They'd put the money on your credit card or mm. on. It's like a credit card is what they literally yeah. look like. And then, then you would swipe it. But all the time even for movies that we were allowing it or when it was allowed for everything, this one lady who had it went to the movies every day. Um, it just every wouldn't day. work sometimes. And then oh, that's why she saw the same movie over and over again. Her name was Donna. She, everyone thought she was weird. I like talking to her because she liked movies a lot. She was a little odd. Like she she'd nice. see even like the weirdest movies that like you think she'd just see prestige movies, but she'd be like, try to think of an example. Like, oh, I saw, I don't know, anything stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like like I have seen, I'm here for the sixth time to see Jack Reacher too, you know, or something. It's like okay, I like seeing the same movie over and over again too, but usually not that one. It's like Avengers or some Marvel or Star Wars or speaking Jurassic which. Park. On a brief tangent, have you watched any of Reacher? You said you did, right? Not yet. Not yet. I'm enjoying it. Um, I think uh, the guy that chose whose name is escaping me right now from Titans and also Smallville, oddly enough. Uh, was a better choice than Tom Cruise. Like he's massive, and that's like Reacher's thing. Having read the yeah. books, I'm very pleased with how this is going so far. Yeah, I want to watch it. The only reason I haven't yet is because I watched the Tom Cruise ones, and I can barely remember those, and didn't think those were any good. And the reason I watched those was Tom Cruise. <laughs> yeah, I like the first one. I like actively dislike the second one. Like the second one was just like, "What are you all doing? This is stupid." Um, but for whatever reason, I really like the first one. Oh, and going back to uh, the way the old movie pass worked, um, that's actually what spurned like AMC stubs and Cinemarks. Like everyone has a loyalty problem program, including Alamo Drafthouse probably wouldn't have one today if there was never a movie pass 
to mm. kind of set the model. Because I'm seeing at least four movies. I've already seen two movies that we talked about. Oh, I saw two movies in a row this week, like day, two days apart, because they don't let you see more than one day. I saw Jackass on Wednesday and then Death mm-hmm. in the Nile, like, which we said we'll be talking about later yesterday. And then next week we're seeing uh, Uncharted. So those it's paid for itself at this point. Though in January, I only saw a scream, so it didn't pay for itself. But terrible. Terrible. Um, okay. Well, that should be interesting. I never bought into Movie Pass, which is weird because as much as I go to the movies, oh, no, it's not weird. I've never lived in a place that would use it. That's what it is. So, like, it, it never made sense for me. I was I never just, in a place where I could take advantage of it. I was already getting free movies. Even if not, I was just skeptical because when they dropped it down to like $10, I was like, oh, there's no. This is not this is not going to end well even before we started like chain started <laughs> like because a certain part one of the reasons the stu- uh, the movie theaters didn't like them is they started to want a cut of the concessions because they're like hey we bring all these people into your theater and in fact almost everyone did have movie pass before it was a disaster yeah and AMC that's what kind of pissed off AMC who was the main theater that hated them mm. so okay I uh, give some details on the new one. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm curious what has changed that makes us more viable now than before. I have no idea. I just, the, 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 the technology to earn a pass is what's interesting, I think, yeah. or it like tracks your eyes watching ads on your phone or something. I mostly and skimmed again, the article. But. It comes back to Tom Cruise, um, my never report. <laughs> or even like facial recognition in a, yeah. any Mission Impossible movie. Yeah. Well, so the reason why I go to Minority Report, I specifically remember the scene of him getting on the train and it was like scanning his eyes. Yeah, or even to... walking to the train. Right, yeah. Like, hello, Anderton. Like, right. wouldn't you like so a vacation to Bermuda? Selling him stuff. Yep, exactly that. So we're there. So Tom Cruise, it begins and ends with Tom Cruise. How fantastic. It all comes back to Cruise. How crazy is that? Crazy Mapather. It's a happy episode for me so far. <laughs> Well, I've got some bad news for you then. Let's let's uh, let's take it down a notch. I don't like oh, how no. excited you are. So I don't know if you saw this, but breaking news: we've got some uh, an end to the Netflix Marvel series. They're being taken down from Netflix as of one March. So, if what? the dear listener will recall, in 2018, Netflix canceled luke cage and iron fist and daredevil and then shortly thereafter jessica jones and punisher came and as of this point all of the rights to those characters have reverted back to marvel and so i'm curious what if anything this means um so basically if you if you go on the website if you look at it it will list uh, on netflix that these shows are going away on the first so I hope they pop up somewhere. I was going to rewatch Daredevil. Hadn't gotten to it yet after you better uh, hurry up. two of them show up. Yeah, no, it's, I'm not going to be able to rewatch all of Daredevil that quick. But they used to release them on Blu-ray, which I thought mm. was weird because they really only do that with Stranger Things and the Marvel shows. And I'm like, why would I buy it? I could watch it anytime, forever. Yeah. So uh, with Netflix's name on it, I wonder if Disney can't i mean they wouldn't put it on disney plus but i wonder if they can put it on hulu or not because and, mm-hmm. and also i don't remember if we mentioned it as a story but uh there was the new story that uh daredevil was actually doing great after spider-man no way home and hawkeye right. like it rose back up on the charts briefly 
Yep. I guess Marvel probably didn't like that. No, they didn't. Um, And I remember, so we didn't talk about this as a news story, but I think it was Bob Iger a couple of weeks ago said that it was a mistake to license stuff to Netflix, their properties to Netflix. So I think the way he phrased it was, he said something to the effect of, it was like giving WMDs to our our enemies or something like, I got to look that up um, because I don't want to misquote him and have the mouse come down on me, although he's not listening. What else would they... At the time, they had nowhere else to put them. Marvel wanted to make. Yeah. Those. Well, they could have put them on ABC. It wouldn't have been as, um, you know, as graphic. But there was a place. They also probably could have put them on Hulu, depending on. Yeah. By the time Back they bought Fox. No one was spending that much money on any of those places. Like they, they might so they might have brought better it than in. network TV at the time, or even Hulu shows at the time. Yeah, he said <laughs> licensing to Netflix is like selling nuclear weapons to a third world country. Oh god, <laughs> it's worse. It's worse. It's even worse it, than just saying your enemies. <laughs> yeah, it's it's worse than what I. It's so weird that my brain sanitized that statement. <laughs> Why is Netflix a third world country? They're like the number one streamer. It's huh. Anyway, it's like biggest competition, like, yeah, like Russia or China. Yeah, but Russia's not a third world country. No, exactly. It's just doesn't like that instead and actually named a country. Like, because, yeah, Netflix is like, well, is probably still the biggest streamer. Uh, Yeah, I think it is. But that's a weird phrasing. Anyway, we need to, uh, military needs to introduce uh, Bob Iger to Atropia so he can (laughs) not get in. That's like our mythical made up place that all the wars take place in. So that way he won't say weird things like this. That should have been its own story, but it's not. And we're moving (laughs) on. Ready for the next thing? Yeah. All right. So we've already talked about MoviePass coming back from the dead. And a better transition would have been to Futurama because Futurama is also coming back from the dead. Um, So season eight of Futurama is going to have 20 episodes and the creator, uh, David X. Cohen and Matt Groening are coming back, which is kind of exciting, but I'm not a fan of that show that they have on Netflix right now. But anyway, this show is coming to Hulu, and this is the second time that the show has been revived. So Comedy Central brought the show back in 2006 um, after it had previously been canceled in 2003, and then it finally ended on 2000 in 2012. So I'm really curious what the impetus was to bring it back now. Um, most of everyone that you know is coming back with one notable exception right now. John DiMaggio does not have a deal to return to the series. I think they're hopeful that he will. Um, but they said that he would be cast if not. And so, yeah, he no denied the report. original offer. I believe yeah. the story is. Yeah. And I think with the exception of, let's see, so of the people from the cast, Philomar, Katie Seagal. Honestly, him. he's like the most, I haven't watched a lot, but he seems like the most important yeah. voice to get right. <laughs> yes, he is. And, and that's the other thing. Like, I'm thinking of like all the people. Um, he's probably the most famous in terms of voice actors, certainly. Like he has one of those voices, like as soon as you hear it, you're like, that's my fucking John DiMaggio. But anyway, how do you feel about this? Were you a big fan of No? <laughs> I've seen, like I said, I've seen a few episodes and he seems like he's the most important. 
I will say, I think I know why. It's just right now it's the era of the revival, not even necessarily a lot more seasons, but like the A season. Like we got Dexter, um, Justified's getting a new season. There's calling them the miniseries. And then on Hulu itself, obviously they brought back Animaniacs and they're doing King of the Hill. Yeah. And Paramount Plus is even bringing back Beavis and Butthead. But yeah. I've seen the, uh, Mike Judge shared the new drawings of them. And it's like Beavis and Butthead in their 40s or 50s. <laughs> like one's fat, and like uh, those skinnier guys, like faces sagging and he's wearing glasses. I don't know funny. which one's which. So at least like that, even though I've never watched that show either. Um, I love King of the Hill, though. I was going to say what I find of the things that you mentioned, the only one I'm excited about is King of the Hill. Like that was a show that actually deserved an ending uh, that never got one. Futurama had a pretty good ending from what I recall. I enjoyed that last episode and of anything that, that is coming back. I think King of the Hill is the one that I, I would like to see the most also justified as a weird one to me, because I think the ending to that show is perfect. Um, I literally think about that like every month, the ending to that show. That's how much I love that ending. So. I don't think I ever finished King of the Hill just because I don't remember I don't it having a real There's ending. so many seasons. <laughs> I love it. It gets almost one of those shows that gets better every season, honestly. I never yeah. felt like there was a drop in quality on like The Simpsons or South Park ebbs and flows, I feel like. Yeah. Yep. Um, so moving on and in keeping with our, that's eh, a sort of similar. So this is a continuation. It's not a bring back. So Deadline is reporting that Ridley Scott and Silco Luisa are going to bring back the Blade Runner series. So this one is going to be entitled Blade Runner 2099. This is going to be <laughs> set 50 years after 2049. Is that math? Did I just math wrong? Maybe. I don't no, know. I think that's correct. Yes. <laughs> you math yes. right. Yes. Uh, so this is going to take place after that. Uh, and it's all set in the same continuity. I don't think we know much else other than that. Um, it's going to be a sequel to it. And I, I think that as a TV series, that it will probably do better than a movie. Uh, certainly, Jammer would agree that as a movie, it was slow and boring. But I, I do think <laughs> the series are probably better on television. And if it's anything like... I think he would say that about the TV series when it comes out too. He complains about Maybe. so many shows being like that episode was too long. What's up with these hour long episodes? <laughs> um, so I think, I think that this could be good. Like if I look at um, raised by wolves, I think that the quality of that is pretty good. And certainly in terms of visual effects and the story is really interesting. So if they can do something, if they can do something like that, um, that would be good. I also, the other thing that makes me happy about this is that the same company that produced The Expanse is also behind this. And I really enjoyed The Expanse. So that's a reason for me to be happy. But how do you feel about this? You you excited at all? You lukewarm? Are you one of those millennials with a phone that really Scott hates and is going to be mad because you don't watch this? No, I'm going to watch it. I like the, yeah. I mean, I like mainly like it for Harrison Ford and then Ryan Gosling. But the universe is fascinating. Um I don't know. There's a lot to mine there. Like you said, they're mystery, they're detective movies. And you can like, I mean, a TV show can really, you know, dig into it. Um, Cause I assume it'll be serialized. There's no reason to make it episodic if it's a universe like that. I will say though, as far as futuristic series, 
really want them to make dread that was like rumored for a while including they might have oh, yeah. included carl urban netflix yeah. talked about it for a little bit it was like give me that and set it in the same even if they'll get carl urban set it in the same rebooted people universe because that yeah. that felt like a giant world to explore also with very little explanation of the judges and they were just getting into like psychic powers and stuff yeah i agree it was a great movie i would love to see more from that universe yeah um i would even watch another movie from it <laughs> one of the things i have to look up and i didn't get a chance to before we podcast is one of the things i learned from the deadline article talking about the reboot of this i didn't know that noah holly was doing an aliens yeah. uh, reinvention like that that's i was like wait what uh, it's a hulu plus show or hulu it's show crazy crazy that and excites me i think the predator is a movie right the one that's not even has even had predator in the title and it's like set in like native american like before the white man times i think before the white man times like um, I, I think it's set like yeah like who's doing you it know, like an, i have no i don't remember I think it's a movie, but it might even be a direct to Hulu movie or something. Um, but I only remember what the like it has a name that has like Hunt in it or something. Hmm. Like, and it doesn't. It's not not even. Well, they might add. They'll probably get cold feet and call it like Predator, and then use the subtitle of what they've been calling it. Yeah, but I'm gonna have to look into that. But I, I think between Legion and Fargo, I'm kind of excited. I have like I have no idea what to expect from this given what i've seen of noah hawley so that wasn't he developing the alien movie that would have just been a sequel to aliens and ignore everything else or was that somebody else no that was uh, neil concept art oh you're right yeah who's a hit or miss director very much so also so agreed agreed ready to move on yeah all right Yeah, yeah yeah let's do it uh so the other thing happened kind of important this week we got a really big trailer for the forthcoming jurassic world this one being called jurassic world dominion what i find kind of interesting about it is the first two films in the series kind of um i don't want to say ignored but certainly didn't pay much attention to the original movies like things happen and Ian Malcolm was back for the last one, but only in a very super small role. To talk to the Senate or something. Yeah, to talk to the Senate in like and half, give a, half a second. Over the top of footage of dinosaurs. And then in this one, it's like a full-on requel, which I, I think is crazy, right? Um, so we've got um, Laura Dern is coming back. We've got, um, who else is coming back? I told Sam Neill. Sam Neill's coming back. And, and Jeff. And of course, Jeff Goldblum. In addition to Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. And, and the little girl. And is she coming back? She's in the trailer. The Fuck. one scene. Like she's like, like touching that. one of the dinosaurs. Oh, it's the one where the one of the tall, long necked dinosaurs. It's not a Brachiosaur. Is walking yeah. through like a logging company or something. She's in like that scene. Uh, do you think he saw us? <laughs> no. Is that, I don't think he's blind. <laughs> blind. But, I hope but also... I hope it eats her. I don't like that child. I don't think she's going to be in it a lot. Um, oh, yeah. And Dr. Wu is obviously back, but he's been back for all of the movies except for Lost World and uh, JP3, which doesn't exist. <laughs> doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Um, so you, you, you're you more into this world, I think, than I am. Um, no pun intended. The, yes. 
Definitely not. I didn't, it didn't cross <laughs> my mind. You're absolutely right. I know. I, I saw it on your face. It's like, what? Yes. <laughs> Talk to me about Jurassic World Dominion. How'd you feel about this trailer? Were you excited? What were you thinking? I'm still super skeptical because really? I enjoy them, but neither of the other two are great movies. Yeah. They're serviceable and uh, part, it's not even the part, I mean, the part you just like with little girl is terrible, but I also feel like the center chunk of Fallen Kingdom is just a, a generic version of the Lost World, or they have another. They have a generic game hunter instead of an interesting game hunter. Yeah, and they're on the island, but they're rounding up and they're rounding up the dinosaurs to take them off the island, which is the plot of the Lost World. But then I, I like the we we've discussed the beginning, love the beginning, and I except for the little girl laying the dinosaurs out because they're like her. I love uh, the gothic horror part with the Indoraptor. Um, but I'm really excited. Uh, there was that short they released that was yeah. really well done with him proving he could do Spielberg type effects. They're promising. I mean, the CGI looks great, but they're promising a few more practical dinos. Um, yeah. And it just it looks it looks way over the top. Like obviously in the trailer. Um, well, it's been revealed. It was at least rumored that Dotson is going to be in it and has been recast. Okay. The one who kind of fucked up everything in the first place by hiring yeah. Dennis Nedry to uh, get the embryos. And there's definitely some facility you see in the trailer where they're making more dinosaurs because it's like not that many escaped for him to be like in Venice riding a motorcycle or Rome or whatever, like escaping the new Velociraptor and running into like two giant carnivores in like the main square. And yeah. But I okay. think and I, I love all like I always get skeptical when they try to mash the old cast with the new one because it'll still, like, probably still mostly be Chris Pratt and the other stuff will be more fan service y. But uh, people have made the comparison online before I even thought of it. And it's like, this is what Last Jedi should have done. We should have, they're not oh, just having all God. these characters, they're meeting each other. Or not Last Jedi, just the sequel trilogy. And I'm like, it's an interesting comparison. And, and spoiler alert for a, movie that is months old but uh ghostbusters got to do that even with the deceased actor yeah i i feel like people don't like a thing if it's not what they want right so had it been had it worked out then i'm sure people would have been fine with it but mm. but i i love the shot where all of them are together yeah and then uh chris pratt uh alan grant and I'll just call him Chris Pratt because now, I mean, it's Pratt, Owen Pratt, Pratt. Brady or Grady or something. His name doesn't yeah. matter. He's Pratt. They're both like, don't move at the same, the same time when the T-Rex shows up. And then Malcolm has this classic, like, why do they always make them bigger? <laughs> <laughs> why do they always go bigger? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. Uh, there'll be awesome action scenes. It'll never be as good as the original or even Lost World, but it'll be fun to see the original cat. Like those are the parts of the trailer, like where Ellie walks in on Alan almost does the uh, John Hammond where she's already in Alan's trailer. Yeah. I think the other thing that's kind of interesting about the trailer is uh, it looks like DeWanda Wise is going to be playing Kayla, who is Ian Malcolm's daughter. Oh, so you think that's who she's back. playing? I think that's who she is. So ah. back, like tying it all together, which is cool. Um, so now you've got like all of the movies mostly kind of sort of represented. So that's cool. Got to get back to William H. Macy. And then yeah. you got your Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I remember you saying that it didn't exist. Um, 
And Henry yeah, Wu I, does have a cool killer new do. He's got like long hair. <laughs> that is so weird. Um, I it's kind of weird as someone who has not really liked any of these, um, the new ones, the yeah, the Jurassic World movies. I I thought this was a good trailer. Uh, it certainly did the thing that it was supposed to do. So it looks fun. It looks interesting. And like you said, like I got the nostalgia feels from seeing the old cast. So hopefully they can carry that energy forward and not fuck it up like they did in the last one. And I, they're all still really good looking. They're pretty like, people. Yeah, like Laura Dern looks great. And then like does. got the salt and pepper uh, going on with uh, Sam Neill. And then, I don't know, Jeff Goldblum is just Jeff Goldblum. He really, he's just, his personality is so good on like even his own Disney Plus show. <laughs> or just like, <laughs> He appears all over the place just being Jeff Goldblum. So. Just being Go- Jeff Goldblum. That's all right. We're not mad at it. We're not mad. I like it. that he's back to being very neurotic. And it's like he's closer to his Jurassic Park version, even though he kind of changed a little bit for the Lost World. Yeah. So, yeah, it could be fun. could be interesting. could also be terrible. Um, you know, if I'd only seen the first five minutes of the last Jurassic World, then I would have thought it was amazing. So, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Man, I am super jaded. I'm ready to move on. I really like the trailer. I've watched it multiple times. And yeah, I'm stoked. But as always, I don't, I mean, I'll love it because I'm going in with still lowish expectations, lowish. especially after the last one. Okay. Like, you just have to temper them, like knowing, like, kind of with the Star Wars movies when i get too excited for the sequel trilogy being like it's gonna be just as good as the old shit they're bringing back stormtroopers you just have to temper it it's really like hard you were talking about that with something i love yeah but i think the last two films have helped me yeah kind of be like okay it'll be serviceable at the very least i'll enjoy watching dinosaurs eat people and chris pratt on a motorcycle <laughs> so the weird thing is for me there was like i i agree with you but also there was a plot moment that happened in the last one. So when she released the dinosaurs, yeah. I was like, what the? like, it actually upset me what I was watching. So like, even though I thought it was just okay up until that point, that was the moment where I was like, I hate this. I, I just, I can't understand why this is happening. And so in this trailer where they said, we caused an ecological. I saw your tweet. Mm, no, there was no, we it's just her. Well, they sure. still agreed to help. I think it's, I can't remember if it's Laura. It sounds like it could be Laura Dern who says it. No, it can't, but it wouldn't make any sense because uh, Claire, whatever, um, she's the one who helped them bring the dinosaurs to the mainland. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's some other ecological disaster that occurs that they're referring to. Yeah. Who knows? It is cool yeah. that it ties back to a line from the first film. I've been calling it domination for months, but it is Dominion, which ties back to an Ian Malcolm line in the lab from oh, the yeah. first Jurassic Park. Yep. So still the shit taking my title. Jurassic World War. Yeah. Perfect I, ending title because it's all over the world and there are dinosaurs everywhere. <laughs> but maybe it's not a war, right? And I think that that's the thing. I think what they're trying to emphasize, like they're this seems like a thing where there is no way to put the genie back in the bottle. And so yeah. it's not a war so much as it is figuring out how to coexist, which is the perfect time for me to plug the interview I did with Patrick Argy this week. Uh, we talked about a show that he just did called Evolve. So if you're interested in learning about 
biology and mimicry and how we can help save the planet, mimicking some of the behaviors and uh, ecological traits and behaviors that animals have adapted over the millions of years they've been here, go check out the interview I did with him on YouTube. I'm actually going to reduce it to audio too, because I don't know people just want to hear it instead of watch, look at my ugly mug in that terrible background like I have right now. They can't see us. <laughs> Damn it, you're right. They can't see us. Anyway. Fuck, really, for me. Um, <laughs> but moving on. Ready to move on? Yeah. Move on? All right, let's move on. So as soon as Boba Fett ended, we got a confirmation date of the new Obi-Wan series and a poster. Uh, I got to say, that's not Obi-Wan Kenobi. That is definitely Jesus Christ. <laughs> I saw that tweet <laughs> walking across like that dude. I don't know. And maybe it is funny. It'd be interesting if that's exactly what they were going for. Cause, but for the lightsaber he has in his hand, that could be Jesus of Nazareth as he's portrayed as he's portrayed by white people. But, but by Anakin was Jesus born of a virgin slave. <laughs> do you think they're ever going to explain that? I thought in continuity, they did in one of the books that the emperor used the force to impregnate her. I read something that said that that wasn't true. Okay. So there was a comic book where they showed that. And then what they explained later was like, no, that was just whoever was talking about it, like imagining. It was okay. something crazy. Like, I'll find it and I'll send it to you. But it's weird. I kind of don't believe her. Like, I think she did just sleep with the Jedi who stopped on the planet. <laughs> or at least somebody. Because I think can't, you can have four sensitive kids without the force right otherwise there wouldn't yeah. be any jedi because they're not allowed to have kids when you're a jedi so hey, she you know. slept with somebody in town and she was feeling embarrassed about it and she's like oh yeah like i didn't he's a ver like virgin birth you know, of you know baby what happens in tatooine stays on tatooine yeah maybe making a little extra money on the side as a prostitute wow <laughs> wow you took it you took it way there nick uh i mean i Sure, I guess anything's that's possible. My, that makes Phantom Menace more adult, more interesting to me. <laughs> that's the background story. <laughs> the Phantom Menace is syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the news we got from the poster is the fact that this series will drop on 25 May. And so we've got Ewan McGregor reprising his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi. And the details that we got about this is the story begins 10 years after the dramatic events of Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, where Obi-Wan Kenobi faced his greatest defeat, the downfall and corruption of his best friend and Jedi apprentice Anakin Skywalker, who turned to the dark side as evil Sith Lord <gasps> Vader. Is that a spoiler? I guess it's not a spoiler. The other bit of news that we got from this is the fact <laughs> is the fact that Rupert Friend is going to be joining the cast that we already knew about, and he's, he's potentially going to be playing a an Inquisitor, Grand Inquisitor. So that should be super fun. Yeah, they what that was announced and kind of, that was that's is that more like Clone Wars or Rebels type canon? Yeah, um, or Jedi um, Fallen Order. Okay, so again, pulling from. Filoni type. You gotta stuff. watch the things, man. You gotta. You I'm gotta going watch to. I've been convinced to watch Clone Wars and stuff after watching you, just both. Just grit, grin, and bear that those first couple of seasons, and it's worth it. 
I just one of the reasons I have it is I watched the movie, uh, not in no, theaters. No, the movie's terrible. Isn't it just the first three episodes? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Movie's not that good. You know what movie is good though is the uh, Gindi Tartakovsky uh, cartoon that looks nothing like the Clone Wars. So it was a cartoon that was like yeah, the that, drawn one, right? Yes. Yep. That's it. I watched it looks that like one. Samurai Jack. Yeah, I like that. Um, I like the animation like, style at least better on that. I haven't watched yeah, enough I need to Clone go back Wars and watch to that. compare them. Yeah, it's on Disney Plus. Is it really? I, need I think to go so. Watch that. Yeah. That was good. That was a good show. But anyway, um, so yeah, I'm I'm still excited for this. I love how close we're getting us. Like they're not wasting very much time at all bringing this to us um, after Boba Fett. Is there anything? That could bring you down about this series because then what are your expectations like going into this too high yeah i know right i've enjoyed all the star wars shows so far it's you mcgregor it's only tempered Man. by rumors we've heard about there being a young luke skywalker like a 10 year old yeah. kid and like uh and i don't know hayden christensen like are they gonna do flashbacks is he actually gonna be physically playing vader like you might I th i've heard there's flashbacks and you could even work a young ahsoka into that and kind of connect it more to uh the mo the the almost, as Ann jammer explained it the almost game of thrones-esque universe that mandalorian kicked off It'd be very interesting if that's what they were doing with this. And I kind of, that has actually been my hope because it would be better if they were using these TV series as a vehicle to just tie up the universe um, slightly better. And so to your point about having Ahsoka on there and having flashbacks with Anakin, like that would be a great way of bringing all of that cartoon and live action stuff together is having them actually have a conversation together on more felony stuff even being brought into obi-wan show yeah i mean so it's not for me it's not even just felony stuff I, I i guess the way i think of it is that because ahsoka is canon she's such a big deal she basically became i don't want to say the main character but definitely the second lead of the clone wars mm -hmm. um it'll be interesting to see how they integrate her and i feel like that would be a great way to do that is having her play scenes opposite him but we've got no word that that's actually happened this is just no, me speculating pontificating yeah so we'll see we'll see um i find it interesting that you were like i'm out I'm done with the galaxy far far away and they're just like here what what about some mando what about some boba fett what about this obi-wan could you want some joe kenobi you want some joe kenobi nick and you're just like fuck it i'm in yeah well it was mostly bringing mando in to a show i was like eh, it's good and i was like "Ooh, ooh, <laughs> your show is good now my other show i like but more. it could be better <laughs> just to tie it all together just to bring it up you ready to talk to mando you ready to jump into this <laughs> mando <laughs> yeah yeah mando, mando it is, is 2.5 it is mando that's the joke right <laughs> it is mando with cameos from boba fett um which even the most thing, recent episode. Even the most, and even know, where there is lots of Jammer's fat, in here, but... he would be upset. Jammer would be mad if we called it that with him here, but we can do what we want because he's not here. Ha! Ha ha! Fuck that guy. Not showing up. Yeah, hate that guy. Anyway, uh, so we've got the final episode of Boba Fett for season one. I know there was some 
talk from mostly from Tim Morrison about what he wanted to happen in season two. There's been no official confirmation of that from anyone, be them from Disney Plus or Lucasfilm or whatever about a sequel or a season two of this happening. Well, they've never called it a limited series. They call some like Kenobi's called a limited yeah series but yeah no no and so i i don't know if that's going to happen but the thing that he was saying was that he wanted to see um him hunt down mace windu which is interesting it makes me wonder if he's saying that out loud what if anything does he know or think about what's happening in this universe that's true that character like i find that to be a fascinating tell Sam jackson said he wants to come back he said he wants to come back and maybe, maybe he's just talking out his ass, but maybe he knows something. Yeah. Cause at first I thought I was just talking out of his ass. I even like retweeted the story <laughs> and was like, like Mace window is dead. Motherfucker. <laughs> What's one of those deaths. You don't see it. You don't see him get stabbed through like Liam Neeson. He, he falls. Darth Maul came back from a fall. That's right. Shit. Not just a fall. He got cut in half. Yeah. You've got spider legs. Or show me the body show yeah. me the body show me the body <laughs> <laughs> yeah unless i see it like i don't i don't believe it it's like marvel so, that's right what do we call that what, what do we call that it irritates people game of thrones rules but is anyway that what it is? that's that's what it's supposedly called uh, but never heard that, <laughs> never heard that? what are you, you messing with me you funded with oh, me? No, I never because I never watched Game of Thrones or paid that much attention. I know that the lot of characters came back from the dead, obviously, but yeah, I've always thought of that as a comic thing where it's like the rule is no one ever stays dead except for Uncle Ben and uh, so Bruce Wayne's parents. But even that isn't always true. The way I've, we've interpreted that in Television Land or Movie Land is like unless you actually see the body, they're not dead. They could just as easily come back. So yeah, um, hell, Harrison Ford, Han Solo came back. And they're yeah. like, like in interviews, like, were you a forest ghost? And he's like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they, um, you know, there was a period of time where people would say like, oh, Game of Thrones rules. And people would be like, that's been around since before Game of Thrones. Like, I guess. That's what I'm saying. Sure. Whatever. Anyway, similarly, same thing happened with Cobb Band. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's talk about. Spoilers. Book by of the Boba way, Fett. People. Whatever. Yeah. It's fine. We're going to spoil it all. Spoiler warning for everything that happened this last episode, because I feel like it's hard to have a discussion about this. Um, this isn't the main thing that we're reviewing anyway. So yeah. episode seven, Book of Boba Fett, in the name of honor. So we get the setup where it is Boba Fett and his cadre of folks versus the Pike Syndicate, which <laughs> anyway, now I'm not going to go there. Anyway, we get it set up and the Pikes have taken over the town. They have blown up the casino. They have scared all of um, most Isley and most Espa's denizens into hiding and running away. They've they finally revealed aloud that the Pikes were the ones that murdered the the Tuscan Raiders that Boba Fett had been staying with. We knew that. Like, we just assumed, right? I like, actually didn't think about that. Really? Okay. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, so just, yes. I assume they still did it, but it was because he was like, I'm not going to pay protection for like two groups. Mm. 
or whatever but okay. it does it definitely makes sense when it was revealed i wasn't like that's retconning bullshit i was like oh, those bastards <laughs> so yeah we get to see we get to see it all go down this episode this episode was directed by robert rodriguez there's a lot of consternation on the internet about a couple of things that happened in this episode um mostly what i'm seeing is a spin shot like i was like, watching it i knew yeah. that'd be the number one complaint <laughs> okay yeah one of the robot guys like does a spin shot very desperado like yeah and even All of star wars very desperado yeah even like star wars they're always spinning with their lightsabers and they don't need to just because it looks fancier yeah. like i don't know that's a weird hill to die on all of the weird things that have happened in star wars that is a weird hill to die on i mean it's um, unnecessary but it looks cool looks cool it's all yeah. right it's all right to look cool I, without going too deep into the, to the weeds on this episode, I enjoyed where it ended, but I also thought that it, the pacing wasn't particularly good. We got too many moments where, and I, I feel like Black Christan was the one that conveyed this the most, where it was like, it looks like they're going to die. And then like all of a sudden something would happen to save them, right? And it happened multiple times throughout the course of this episode. And I feel like just the pacing wasn't good or wasn't set up for what they were trying to do. And it made it seem worse. Um, but ultimately I liked where some of the stuff that we got, like I liked the reunion with Grogu and Mandalorian. Mm. Like that was fun and super cute. I almost cried. Don't, I did cry. Did you? <laughs> I did I cry. Liked, like the noise that he made when he leapt into Mando's arms. I was like, oh my God, it's so cute. Um, I do think it's weird that Luke Skywalker fucking mailed Grogu to Tatooine. He's like, I'm not going back to that fucking dust. <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to fly the ship. I, like you can have my astromech. You can fly that thing there. I'm not I don't have any students or anything to build because I have robots doing it for me. I'm just. I have nothing not bother to do. Returning. I'm just not fucking going back there, which I find to be hilarious, especially because his lightsaber is buried there. Right. Yeah. Isn't that where Ray took it and left it? And he's like, I I didn't want to go back. Why am I here? But anyway, <laughs> um, I also liked the. I like that no one saved Boba Fett from um, Cad Bane. I do wish that we had gotten. So there's that arc that we talked about on the last episode where we see what happens between the two of them. The last episode of our show, we talked about on the last episode yeah. of Bring Geek Radio, the podcast, what happened <laughs> in the lost episode of the Clone Wars where we saw or what could have been a resolution between Cad Bane and Boba Fett. Certainly thing that set them on different paths. I felt like that moment, not getting to see that, because I think last time we talked about potentially getting a flashback to that or something like that. We mm-hmm. didn't get that. And it, again, seems like another thing. Like, it's one step removed from not watching the cartoon, right? So there's context that you would lose by not watching the cartoon. This was context that you lost by not only not watching the cartoon, but not knowing that this other deleted stuff was out there. And it's like, fuck, man, you're like, you're just two steps out there. And so I feel like for those people, they were missing something. Um, and I, it still felt kind of hollow. But again, I like that he wasn't saved by anyone and he had to rely on kind of his training. Yeah, that was from cool. The Tuscan and, Raiders. Yeah. yeah. Tying back to his early tra- like season training. Yeah. Um, and I like the way it happened, right? Because 
Cobb Vance said something, or uh, Cad Bain said something like, you can only rely on yourself or something like that. And then that's what caused him to use his Tuscan Raider training. Like, no, I'm relying on the training that I got from these people who I loved and cared about, which I like. So is Cad Bain dead dead? Do you think? I, I mean, I don't really, I know it's a popular character, but I, it also feels like, like that's all you really need him for. It's not like he can be yeah. in every show or. I feel like that was played very good, the bad and the ugly slash, you know, fistful of dollars style. Yeah. Like, I think he's gone. I think he's dead. I think you're right. Um, but you know, who's not dead is. Yeah. At so. first I thought it was a continuity error. because They said someone's in the <laughs> tank and I thought he was talking about the, the, Wookie because he promised the Wookiee he could get in the tank afterwards, but then the Wookiee was in that scene eating the fruit or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. Huh. And I didn't know there was a post-credit sequence. Yeah. Until I like read about online. <laughs> oh, you had to go back. <laughs> so I turned it back on and just got to the end of the episode what? and watched it. What'd you think of the episode? I actually really enjoyed it. Like Tell I'm kind of watching it with less of a looking for things to criticize lens. Like Jammer like wrote a big bunch of complaints and stuff and did he? I mean it's not perfect, obviously. Where are his complaints? Let me find them. On the spoiler channel. I shall find it. Um I didn't even read them all. It was too long of a list. It was like Cam and him and Kyle all talking with each other. Like one of those long threads where I'm like, too long to check in on now. Um but I don't know. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh I really loved the Butch Cassidy part where it is the two Mandalorian coming out together and like fighting yep. like pros. It was really cool to see yeah, Boa Fett and uh, the Mandalorian. Just like, you know, the first they use the, the mayor's assistant, who's a great character yeah. um, as a distraction. <laughs> I don't know why he didn't read the pad before he went outside. Though. That was super weird. <laughs> yeah, because he's reading it and he's like, nothing. <laughs> I offer you nothing. It's like, don't kill the messenger. But yeah, then they come out in their jetpacks and there's a scene where they're like back to back and like shooting all the pikes and like apparently both that has like knee missiles, which were cool. And he used like this, uh, Mando used like the Sp- Spiro thing or whatever it's called, the Sparrow yeah. blaster. But they were still outmatched until all the help arrived. Um, and then, I don't know, my only real complaint with it is that Star Wars really really avoids all the time killing off any main characters yeah like people fell that we never met of the robot gang robot the android gang and the uh oh, i thought you talking about the gamorians like we know them oh yeah but I, I, like if only if only pigs could fly they'd yeah. be all right man that was i don't know how we were supposed to feel during that scene but that was actually pretty funny yeah so. It was funny. And then, yeah, there are many times that the Wookiee should have died. Like, so many times. They're just shooting him right in the back. They're little, they're like, there are scenes not just where he's saved in time, but he's actually being shot in the back as he's running. Or at first, when they attacked him, the the ones, because all the, they, well, part of the plot is that they all turn rather than staying out of the battle. All the other families, as I call them, like mob families, like betray Boba Fett and start shooting his people. Um, who are on patrol in different areas and you know fennec gets to be really cool she saves the android kids and then takes care of the pike syndicate leader and hangs yeah hangs the mayor man so you talk about people not dying um like name characters dying 
this was that was like probably the most gruesome thing I've ever seen in Star Wars. So I was um, thinking, I'm like, just like hung feet, I mean, just feet just hanging there. Like she's different than burning alive. Like 10 seconds. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, you're not going to get that out of frame. Like, oh, okay. <gasps> I was shocked. I feel like somebody at Disney had to be like, Hey, you, what are you doing? Um, I, it's funny. I'm reading through Jammer's comments. So he said, Boba Fett was a bit frustrating because while I thought it was fun and entertaining, there were a lot of there was a lot of potential left unfulfilled. Incorporating the Cad Bane backstory would have been dope, along with the stuff from Boba Fett's past and making them do less stupid stuff in fights. I do love the, all the scenes where they're running around from the, the scorpion droids were dope. It reminded me of the droidicas. Yeah. But I think it was continue. supposed to. Yeah. What else did Jammer say? I think I interrupted you. Huh? Oh no, I was just gonna they, then they go into the conversation about the spinning, like. I like of all the dumb shit that happens in this series, like that didn't bother me that much. Um, I think that oh, as a whole, um, there are other more problematic things in here than that. But I think as a whole, I enjoy the series. I think yeah. that the Rancor thing was kind of odd. I was expecting it though. It was odd when then they were trying to kill it. Yeah, they knew that's, it I'm sorry. Fast. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, not the whole writing in, right? So we were- that was- planted we and I forgot about yeah 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 good payoff but then the next part where they're like yeah we gotta shoot this thing down like what what's going on here just call just the it. owner that was definitely a king kong moment too yes. the minute i was watching it it's climbing up to like the tallest building or whatever and most espa i was like oh damn and then the bando's gonna fly up there yeah <laughs> almost gets his like, he'll be fine and then like the thing's chopping down on his helmet even though it's best car and it's like oh shit I was like, surely yeah. they won't kill Mando right after reintroducing Grogu. Man. And then Grogu gets to save the day twice using the Force because, yeah. as Luke said in the last episode, um, I feel like I'm just reminding him of stuff. Yeah. And he already knows all this shit. What'd you think of Grogu uh, cuddling up with Rancor? <sighs> I loved it. So cute. Yeah, it was so, so cute. So cute. <laughs> so cute. I found to eat him. Mm, so cute. <laughs> um going back to luke skywalker i'm kind of curious whether or not you think that given what they're doing with this technology sometimes it feels like a test run for other stuff um do you think they would do a luke skywalker show or a limited series i actually am expecting a jedi academy show yeah that would fill in a few years i i still think if you sh- when you show me a shot of them together, and if I remove the background or something, I would easily be able to pick out the human, yeah. not the robot. I mean, the D8 face replacement. But he does look way better than a Mando season two finale. Yeah. And the voice thing is interesting, though. The robot, I mean, a computer program did the voice, which is kind of, we're getting into the territory that George Lucas used to say when making The Phantom Menace that eventually he wouldn't need actors at all. Yeah. We're getting there. Even for a live um, action movie. I remember the first time I saw it and didn't think that it looked that bad was uh, in the Tron movie. Um, Tron oh, Legacy. That was dreadful. You thought it was terrible? I didn't think it looked that he bad. Still had dead, they weren't doing eyes very well back then. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so, that's when I first no- thought that it was it had potential. I but. thought first thought it had potential with uh, Marvel. One of the Marvel movies. Not necessarily even the first time. Which one? 
Who did they DH the first time? Well, they they were they did the head replacement for Skinny Steve Rogers, which looks ridiculous, uh, yeah. but fits. Um, the Tony Stark one looks weird too, the body versus the head. Um, yep. But like they've done a few really. Nick Fury looks fantastic and is not distracting at all. Younger yeah, Michael Douglas is great, but it's also yep. shorter scenes. I would think it's so expensive and since it doesn't look as good that they would actually consider getting Sebastian Stan to play Luke Skywalker in a series like that. Because yeah, having him in there for like 15 minutes and talking only like 10 lines is one thing. Having him as a main character of the yeah. series is like, are we really going to face replace and computer generate his voice for like an eight episodes limited series? I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things, like the more you use that technology, the cheaper it has to get. Right. So yeah, we'll see. But we'll see. Other things I really liked. Uh, I don't know. I guess my favorite part was the reuniting of Grogu and Mando and uh, yeah, the, the Butch Cassie scene I referenced already were yeah. definitely two highlights. Um, the rank or working together with the dark saber and all that at the same time was really cool. Even though the dark saber didn't seem to do much damage at all. And Grogu still had to save. Him. Right. Um, I agree with you. I think for me, the strongest scenes were the pairing of Mando and Boba Fett, like going out and doing the fighting. And also that last battle. I, I also feel like the, the, not those parts, but the battle generally went on too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of running I mean, away. Pacing. Yeah. Just, from Droidica. I mean, from uh, Scorpion Droids. Droidica is Scorpion Droids. Same difference. Droidica um, 5.0. Yeah. I, I wish they had, if they had cut that down by like 10 to 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. But it you could. Been, yeah, you absolutely could have. Um, it would have been a, a stronger episode overall. But I was kind of expecting like half, like maybe a third of the episode would be the battle and then the rest of it would be wrap up. But it was like wrap up was super short and then the rest of it was all fight and that was not the right balance. This not is what me. I expected. In fact, I I think they pulled it off better than I expected last week when I mentioned like, I don't know how they're going to wrap this up in one episode considering they've been spending all this time not investing more in the storyline. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was like a Western battle where it's just like, let's just keep throwing pikes until it feels like you've defeated an entire army. Yeah. Yeah, there were a lot of them. Um, but so I guess my last question I would ask you, and then uh, if you have anything else you want to say about this episode of the series, go for it. What grade would you give the series overall? I almost hate grading Star Wars. I almost tried okay. to say I liked it or I disliked it. Okay, let's hear it. it then. You like, I like it overall. It. Okay. I really have few complaints now that it's over. Like I said, I'm trying to be about Star Wars in particular. It's almost like Jurassic World where I'm trying to be less nitpicky just because it's like, obviously it's never going to be the same. I just enjoy it for being better than what they've been doing recently. Even if this isn't as good as Mando until Mando shows up. Yeah. And this episode fixed my biggest weakness. My biggest complaint with the show until this episode was that they were, the most boring storyline was the present day Boba Fett storyline. Right. But between the explosion at the end of the last episode and then this episode, it, I was like, okay, they wrapped that up nice too. Okay. And the end, Grogu and uh, uh, Mando flying away and Grogu like knocking the ball until he's like, okay. No. 
<laughs> he lets them go really fast. And Greg was like, ah! That was awesome. I'm so excited. I, I, I couldn't imagine a Mando season three without Grogu. So I'm yeah. glad they got that done even before starting season three. They're like, here they are, back together. Boys are back in town. Still think it's super greedy of Luke, to, uh, who had all these connections and then turned to the dark side. I mean, so we'll see what happens if we get a Luke series and if they'll flesh out any of that stuff. But Danny posted that interest. It was a, who posted it? Was it Danny? The connection between The Last Jedi and this series. Did you see that? I don't remember. So someone posts a story where they talked about um, the connection between The Last Jedi and this was when Luke is talking about the failure of the Jedi Jedi and hubris and things of that nature that he's actually also talking about himself. Mm. Um, there was a part of me that kind of assumed that just based on... Well, he's the one who kind of caused shit to go down. Right. Like, I feel like you didn't have to go beyond that movie or that series to make that connection. Um, If anything, it deprecates Luke even more like, oh, you're just, you're like a really big fuck up. Like, you didn't just mess up in that moment. Like, you completely. And so I, I guess I don't know that I like that theory. Um. But anyway, um, I'm going to agree with you. Overall, I like the series. And um, I don't know that I'm curious about what's going to happen next. Because to me, the best parts of this series integrated the Mandalorian. So unless you're going to bring back the Mandalorian for every season, I don't know that I'm going to be all that interested in it. And someone so it's weird. Hmm. Someone posted online, <laughs> they would have preferred if the Book of Boba Fett was about Cobb Banth whatever wearing the armor but i'm like it's not a title like it's it's the guy's name yeah i don't i don't know if i feel that way i don't um, feel that way I, but i would like to see a lot more of him in the future and maybe both that is the place for that because i think generally i agree with you this the flashbacks i really enjoyed some of the present day stuff is okay and then the best present day stuff was anything that integrated the mandalorian so that's yeah. how I walked away with the series. So they need to find a way, at least for me, to make Boba Fett himself a more interesting character. How I kept expecting Phoenix Shan to betray him because she really? kept saying like, well, she kept saying like, hey, this isn't right or this isn't how you do this. And this is and I kind of expected her to, to go like, you know what, you're just going to get me killed and either to leave or something like that. I don't know. Except for but, the beginning like where they meet for the first time in this series. I felt yeah. that she's super loyal, except for that. I feel like, especially just seeing them show up in Mando when we met them in Mando season two, I'm like, Oh, these guys, like, she seems like almost like Chewbacca where she's like, owes him her life. So it's like a life debt, a Wookiee life death, death or something going on. Yeah. That's a pretty good way. To they just that. have conversations with each other. Like she's, he's also her sound. She's also his sounding board. Yeah. which Lucas didn't have with the prequel trilogy. <laughs> I mean, I feel like J.J. Abrams could use that more. Yeah. Uh, one anyway. last thing, going back What's to up? the Luke thing. It's like, so does Luke... Like, I always imagined lots of, you know, like almost Hogwarts vacations for at least uh, Ben Solo. Like, does he really just take Ben Solo and not let him see his parents for like 15 years at all? Like, no contact with Chewbacca... Han Solo and Leia? Um, 
I feel like the live action series that they're doing now could be what the Clone Wars was to uh, the prequel series, where we get some of those things fleshed out. And so we mm-hmm. will get a version of uh, Ben Solo that we kind of understand what happened and maybe a version of Luke that people understand better why he did what he did. So we'll see. Oh, and last, last point. I'm glad the rumor wasn't true about young Han Solo showing up, even if it was de-aged Harrison Ford. I ask you that. Because uh, I just, only mostly because there's no place for it, like in an episode like this. (laughs) Like, how are you going to fit that in? Heard you needed a spice runner. Here I am. It's me, Han Solo. Solo, because I've got no one. It's just me. But don't worry, my my kid will take my kid will take on my last name. That was he's got no one. So weird. So weird. Anyway, would you like to review a movie now? Yeah. All right. We are talking about Death on the Nile, Kenneth Branagh's sequel to Murder on the Orient Express. This film has a 64% from the critics, a 77% from the audience on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's got a 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb. The synopsis is as follows. Belgian sleuth Hercule Perrault's Egyptian vacation aboard a glamorous river steamer turns into a terrifying search for murder when a picture-perfect couple's idyllic honeymoon is tragically cut short. Nick Dahl, would you like to give your spoiler-free, non-spoiler Twitter impressions of this film? Far better than Murder on the Orient Express. Um, that movie was, as I was kind of talking with Jammer on Slack, it wasn't bad and it wasn't good. It was just like meh to such a point. <laughs> I can't remember who was killed and who the murderer was after watching it. Okay. This one felt far more interesting as a mystery, trying to figure it out. And just like even the review, and just much more goes on in the second half of the movie, at least, than went on and murder on the Orient Express. If you know the, like, there's more than one death. I don't think that's a spoiler. Like, and there's, and they do a much better job of fleshing out the, yeah, fleshing out the, I would say side characters and giving them all motive. And it's actually really interesting why that is done and how Perot is actually brought in. That's what I'll say. Okay. Um, my Twitter non-spoiler impressions of this movie were slow burn picked up in the second half that made me want to go back and watch Murder on the Orient Express because I haven't seen it. Oh, good thing I didn't accidentally spoil it because I don't remember. Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> um, it was one of those movies I always wanted to see and for whatever reason just never got around to it like I just kept forgetting it existed I don't know if it got delayed or something but every time I saw that it exists I was like oh yeah that movie does exist and I just never got around I think I watched that DVD at my parents house yeah <laughs> it was like um, movie day and they picked the movie and I was like okay I meant to see this I also never saw it at theaters Pro- huh. I'm glad that we saw this one at theaters oh well, I would have yeah, not why? done it except for the podcast but it was much better than I expected based on my feelings about murder on the Orient Express. Okay. I, um, did, I will say I did enjoy it mostly because I even wrote on Twitter before, as I was sitting in his seat, it was almost like your moonfall situation where it's like, I had tempered expectations. I was like, this, 
this will hopefully be a serviceable, not boring movie. Yeah. And it was way better. So it's just kind of, it's an interesting thing because were you bored in the beginning? I will say it took way too long to get to the murder. Yeah. <laughs> I felt though it does flesh out all the characters a lot more and better. Yeah. Um, I, I think that was an interesting thing to me um, that it seemed to do a good job letting you know who all of these people were. Um, and you got to have character moments with a lot more of them than I thought you would. It felt like a book, which is weird. Um, it's not weird given that it is a book, but it, it's for a movie we got a lot we got to spend a lot of time with these individual characters and it made it slightly more interesting so um i will say for one of the characters what was weird to me was that um one of the characters looked exactly like margot robbie and i kept looking i was like that's not margot robbie but my brain thinks it is um do you know what i'm talking about no, there was she, one of the characters looked just like Daisy Ridley to me for a while, but I'm like, but she was in the last one. She was in the last one. She back? No, this was um. Oh God, it was uh, Emma Mackey. So she was she played Jacqueline. So there were scenes where I was like, that she looks exactly like Margot Robbie. It's very strange, kind of weird. But um, no, the one that surprised me until like halfway through the movie, I'm like, God, this guy with the beard's a really good actor. <laughs> Which one? And then I was like halfway through the movie, I'm like, that's Russell Brand. Yeah. He's actually acting the shit out of this. I don't think I've ever seen him in a drama. Like <laughs> he was one of my favorite characters, like as far as the acting and like just I didn't know until halfway through that I was like, that's Russell Brand. <laughs> like this is like even his personality is closer to like his characters, like and get him to the group <laughs> and that kind of stuff. But I was yeah. like, holy shit. That was probably the biggest twist in the movie. <laughs> So, you know, it's funny. I was looking up Emma Mackey um, just so I could catch her name correctly. There are pictures of her right next to Margot Robbie. Like people have posted that up because I guess they think that they also look that she looks the same. That's funny. I don't remember which one she is. She's the um, she's Army Hammer's first fiance. Oh, that's who I'm talking about. Who I think looks like Daisy Ridley. (laughs) Bit of a difference of opinion here. Yeah. <laughs> we both saw her as a different actress. They were two different actresses. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed the backstory that we got for Hercule Poirot as well. Yes, the first scene uh, was excellent. So, so not only was it just so shot well, um, it was artistic. It was in black and white. Like sometimes that you watch movies and you're like, man, this director can just direct the shit out of stuff. So that whole opening scene. Should we go into spoilers? Yeah, it's just, just spoilers, let's guys. Let's go. Um, it's a war scene. It's a Belgian war, and you get to see uh, a young Kenneth Branagh. Like that was probably the weakest part of it. I didn't think that his de aging was really convincing. Like it was. It I was thought fun. I'm like, did they even de age him? He looks younger, but it looks just yeah. like Kenneth Branagh. I uh, yeah. It, I my impression was that they did. Um, but I thought like my, my impression of the de-aging like went away very quickly and you're just kind of engrossed in the scene and you get to see, um, him as a young soldier and kind of like why he grows the mustache and you That's get to my see my own joke. I'm like, 
it's a mustache origin story scene like you would hate to see in star wars where it's like that's how he got his gun and stuff but it was such a good scene it was a good showed scene. off like, his detective skills like before he was a detective yeah and i i really liked all of that stuff and you're right to some to some degree it's like did we need an origin story for the mustache no the only thing that i would say about that was i felt like it tied in to at least two other places in mm-hmm. the movie the love yeah that made it make sense so like at the very end when he's sitting in the bar um or club and yeah. then the scene when he's on the boat talking about was mm-hmm. her name christine um yeah whatever his first love his first love interest to die when they zoomed in on him and he's like he's just feeling those feelings like man this dude is directing this movie he's acting the shit like i was i was so impressed like it's weird because it's kenneth Branagh. like you but it's it was just so impressive um to see that and i loved like his um his interactions with some of the other characters so like he did such a good job when he was expressing his feelings towards book um, throughout the film. Book towards was such the end. a fun character. Such a fun character. I didn't, it took me a second to realize where I recognized him from. He's from uh, the woman. It's the one with the eyes. Um, it's a Netflix series oh, and it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. It's got a hell of a twist, but um, I think it's behind her eyes. That's the name of this show. I enjoy it. familiar, but I don't know. I don't think I, I have to look him up. Maybe I see him in a small part in a movie <coughs> or TV show. Yeah, probably. But that's what I recognize him from. And um, so it was fun watching him. I, was he in the first one? No. Really? I don't think so. That's weird. Because the Maybe, way that they I couldn't were... remember. The movie did not make it sound <laughs> like he was in the first one. <coughs> he made it sound it, like they're just friends. I thought it did. I thought he said something about the train. And I just assumed I that he, they had a relationship. Maybe I'd have to rewatch the first movie. Maybe that's why yeah, I recognized him from was the first movie. <laughs> I do love the scenes like where he's pace, like he's also walking in a circle as they're talking to a suspect. That was, yeah. that was, <laughs> that was fun. Um, I just, I really liked that stuff. I also liked um, his interactions with Sophie. Oh, I cannot think of her name. Oh, oh. It starts with an O. Um, the the guitar player. Yeah. Yeah. He did such a good job of being Mm -hmm. befuddled when he was talking to her. And I liked her demeanor and attitude. Like it was so, um, I don't know, like some of the characters in this were written so well and surprisingly I was on I did not expect them to behave and speak in the way that they did. And so I liked her and Letitia Wright and book and um, uh, Annette Bening as well. Like, I, I think that they just did such a good job with these characters. I enjoyed watching the characters interact, I think, more than the actual murder mystery. Um, and it's kind of funny that I'm not really saying that much about uh, Wonder Woman. It's kind of weird, isn't it? I, I just still don't find her a good actress. She's fine. Like, she's yeah, she's cool. fine. I mean, it's just, it's not like she dragged down the movie. In fact, I think she's way better than this than Wonder Woman, but Wonder Woman's also kind of a stoic character to begin with. Yeah. And this is a more emotional character. But 
I don't know. Like I, that's the reason I haven't seen Red Notice is I have no interest in seeing The Rock and Ryan Reynolds go up against Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Um, I it was interesting. It was weird. It I think the reason why I say that is because there was such um, and maybe this is deliberate, right? Army Hammer and Gal Gadot seem to have very little chemistry together, and um, he and McKay did, and so that's probably by design to some respect but also how much of that has to do with Gal Gadot's general flatness in this movie and I say that as someone who generally enjoys her like in the Fast and Furious movies and in the first Wonder Woman and even Batman v Superman which is not good um but yeah oh go ahead no, no, you usually ask the questions. Um, so what's the whole army? I know Army Hammer's kind of been canceled, and I know why, but like you were saying something about CGI Army Hammer. So I was making a joke. So that's oh. that is a multi-part joke. Uh, the first part of the joke is that in the social network, I forgot who directed it. Is it David Soderbergh? No, nah, uh, David Fincher. Fincher, there you go. Oh, when there was they put his head on the other guy. Yeah, just because for no other reason than just because they could. Yeah, um, no, I know. They even had the other guy. They didn't, the other guy wasn't even told that until yeah. like after they shot. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even imagine. Like that sucks. I used to um, love Army Ham. I love Lone Ranger. I so I'm trying to remember what the story is. Supposedly there's there is some cannibalism involved and maybe some inappropriate text messages, like um, DMs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't want to comment on it until I I know. Mm-hmm. until i have read all of the story i've read bits and pieces of it here and there um so yeah we'll see we'll see what happens but anyway yeah that's what the joke was about okay because i was at first when i was there showing the first dance scene you see all of her face and like you don't get a, army hammers like i'm like are they cutting this so you don't get a, so as least army hammer as possible in this movie like you see her face clearly when they're dancing and they keep cutting to like the back of his head <clears throat> sorry i have a cough today <laughs> but uh um <clears throat> but then no that wasn't the case uh there's plenty of army hammer in this movie yeah with a mustache and a british accent or at least an yeah. attempted british accent it's fine i barely know like i don't know i'm not a it wasn't distracting but i was like sometimes i forgot if he actually was a british character or not <laughs> i was just like it's army hammer <laughs> Um, the other thing, so let me ask you this. What did you think of the mystery itself? I thought it was great. And I loved yeah. the complicated resolution or like the whole plan. Okay. Um, and yeah, it was, they did a much better job. And at first I was like, how are, how are they, he's going to suspect everybody if he knows these two people were here. Like, no, he doesn't, but the audience sees like these two people are together when right. apparently she shot. These two people are together. Like, but they did fumble it up enough that the audience as the audience member i couldn't figure it out until closer to the end because of course i thought of scream dying more (laughs) no well no yeah not even that it's just when i thought of scream yes or even uh uh hot fuzz it's like why do you why do we always assume it only is one killer like and then i was kind of like and then the red paint struck me before that was revealed i was like oh shit how do you fake a gunshot? Right. Um, so and it's funny. I missed the detail about the makeup being missed. Mm. Like that's why he stole the red paint. Is that the 
assistant forgot to bring the nail polish. Yes. Um, I immediately thought the same thing about Scream um, when I was watching the movie. And the only thing that I didn't know was whether or not the doctor was involved. And so that would, that was the thing that keyed me. I was, I had one too many suspects um, because I was trying to figure out, did the, after Army Hammer gets shot in the leg, the doctor either had to not know that he had oh. not actually been shot or he had to have been lying about it. And so that's the only thing that I got wrong until right until the end. But it is so one I, of those things. <laughs> actually, again, like Scream, where yeah. to seem innocent, he injures himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then again, this um, predates Scream by quite a bit as far as the book. But <laughs> I'm curious if that actually happened. Um, I don't know the, in the <clears throat> book well enough. Like book. it almost felt like the World War up. II scene was added in and wasn't in the World War One scene, probably wasn't in the book, is what it felt like. Yeah. It was just kind of tying into the love theme, almost like a James Bond's experience of why he's not actually loving anyone. Right. In this case, because it gives it's it gives him more depth than Sherlock in that way, because Sherlock's history is never explained. It's just that he's so he just is like like they both have the point of I have no time for love. It's my cases. But in Perot's case, that's kind of a lie. He's already had love and been hurt and is like, fuck that. I'm a smart guy. I don't want to get hurt again. I'm going to distract myself with these cases and not be a farmer. But because that's one of the things I looked up for us is I want to know the order of Sherlock Holmes and Perot because they they're not they're kind of like comparing Sherlock Holmes to House like there are enough similarities not that one's a ripoff of the other that you're like which one did come first right and I also looked up the books to see if they were like doing them in order or something and I was like oh no there's like so many books here that they're never going to touch but these are in order just lots of books in between. Um, they're just picking the ones that have already been hits on the big screen is what it feels like, or yeah. which are probably the best selling books of hers. Yeah, I agree. Um, so do you want to keep talking about it? I feel like, I don't know if we actually want to spoil, I don't know. I don't know if I want to spoil it. Do you? I don't know if I do. No, we don't have to. Yeah. I just found it way more interesting because there was more than one death and yeah, you know, multiple killers. Like we already, we already did kind of spoil that. It's, yeah. you know, the original one, the Murder on the Orient Express is just very simple. Like, yeah. and I didn't feel like, and I do like, as I mentioned before, I won't spoil it all the way. It's not a coincidence that, you know, because you're like, what, what are the odds that Perot would be, you know, just yeah. here and there's going to be a murder and stuff. And right. actually going to the movie, I assumed it was an army hammer who's going to get murdered because they don't even show <laughs> the trailer who the murder victim is. And I'm like, that yeah, I really like them. <laughs> I really, so I liked that we didn't know going in. Like, I felt like I knew very little going into this about what the mystery could be or who was going to die or anything like that. And yeah. was even surprised when we found out who did die. Um, so I, I liked that. Um, and I agree with you about the depth of the character. Like I, I, as a character movie, like I, I think they did a really good job with this. So I guess the question I would ask you is two questions. One, so this, I am going to ask you, I need a letter grade. And then also, yeah, do, do you want to see more of Hercule Perot? I give it a B minus. Okay. It's, I mean, it's a fun watch. I'd never watch it again. 
I actually would recommend it to like even someone who likes Knives Out, which is obviously modeled after these. Yeah. Um, more than anything else, I would say. Um, you know, a new cast every time. It's not like it's not like he has to invest. It's not like they're gonna have Daniel Craig investigate the same family with a new murder each episode. Or movie. Maybe. But yeah, these, that's the smart thing. Like a lot of movies, even our murder mysteries, try to bring back too many characters. Yeah. It's like, no, he's in a completely new environment. It's a sequel because he's in it. Um, and yes, I would watch another, absolutely, with, with uh, Ken Abrano. Abrana. There's a name I can't say correctly. Um, I love you got the hard name right. <laughs> well, it's because they say it enough in the movie. In fact, I love when they make fun of him for saying it too often. Yeah. Like you just like saying your own name, like you're a vain petty man. <laughs> and then um that was a good scene. The scene you're talking about. Yeah. You're vain petty. Yeah. It's good. I will say that uh I am way more excited for something like knives two than I am for if I had to choose between the two, I'd obviously take the knives franchise over the Perot franchise. Yeah, I don't know. I don't that's an interesting I didn't think about that. They do share DNA, especially the Blanc and Perot share a lot of DNA. Man, I think they're more similar to each other than LeBlanc is to uh, Sherlock's. I am. So, you know what? Here's here's what makes it unfair. And here's why I would say I would want to see more Hercule. It is because we know him better as a character now. And that's why I would want to see more. I would want to see what happened next. That's not fair. Right. Because uh, Kentucky Fried Detective, <laughs> we haven't had that time with him. And so maybe in the sequel, if they do go that route and you do get a little bit more of his backstory, then I could fairly judge between the two of them, which I would want to see more of. But as of right now, given what I've seen from this, I would want to see more uh, Perot. And that's one of the things I think this does well compared to Murder. I feel like Murder on the Orient Express is exactly what you're explaining for LeBlanc and Knives Out. Right. You don't really know anything about him except for he's the world's best detective. Right. He's even less cocky in that movie. Like in this one, he's like, there are many great detectives. No, good detectives. (laughs) You said average. Did you say average? (laughs) Yeah, or something like that. (laughs) He Um, did say average. I, and the other thing I... I also liked where this ended up too. Like if I never, if they never made another one, this is also a good ending for the series, That's what which I was is weird. Too. I feel like an end. Yeah. Like it was so somber. Even Like it was surprising to me because usually murder mysteries have a little bit of triumph to them. This didn't feel that way at all. Mm-hmm. And it was just super somber. Like, like that last third of the movie was, almost depressing but it like it was still well done and i really enjoyed it um i it's weird i don't want to spoil it um but i really enjoyed that and i liked seeing him at the end in the club and all of that stuff like i thought it was really well done i would definitely watch another one of these but i also liked where they ended it you could set one in between and like confuse people but yeah because it did feel like an ending like yeah. yeah, I guess maybe they don't expect it to make that much money, and that was no, that couldn't have been like a reshoot. The the whole script felt very organic, and like you really couldn't, nothing was added, nothing was lost. Like we said, even the prequel scene or the black and white scene tied in directly to the theme of the movie. Yeah, love, because 
yeah no yeah it's it's a really interesting movie especially it's almost a good valentine's day movie because because a lot of valent like like uh, alba draft house has showing a lot of valentine's day movies and like you know girls trip or even stuff like that or it's like just girl power movies or like bridesmaids but it's a there's multiple lines from multiple movies they show in that trailer, including 16 Candles, where characters like, love is terrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's great, but it's also pain. And like, and this movie is all about what love causes different people to do. And most of the main suspects are suspects because of past loves. Right. So. I definitely, I'm definitely going to watch this again. Um, yeah, you're yeah. convincing me to rewatch it again when it's on streaming <laughs> somewhere. Because I remember one of my first comments is, I recommend it, but I wouldn't want to watch it again. But yeah, that's how I feel about Nightmare Alley. Like, I enjoyed it, but I will, I still will not watch it again. Um, this I definitely would like to see again, which is like weird for a mystery, Alley. right? Like, you already know, you already know how, yeah, it but you can kind of catch more stuff. I feel like, like, I've watched Knives Out at least five times. There were, like, I thought that this was a well-done mystery from this perspective. As I was watching it, I could see all of the little things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm really curious, like you said, what what else would I pick up? So eh, we'll see. Anything else? No. No. Did you give it a letter grade? Did I? No, I I didn't. You're right. Uh, So it's weird. I'm vacillating between a B and a B plus. Um, I liked it a lot. It's not quite an A. Mostly, and I didn't say why. I felt like, so, and I was going to say this. We talked about, you know, the sets from Mission Impossible. We talked about, you know, how they looked and all this other stuff and shooting real world locations. One of the things that really hurt this movie for me was some of the exterior shots and some of the places they went to looked super artificial. I couldn't tell. No? I mean, I, that's the thing. I couldn't tell if they were like they looked fake, but at the same time, I was like, "Well, why would why wouldn't they just go out and shoot?" Like, I don't know. Like, there was one shot that was definitely CG, and it actually made me queasy the way they did it, where it goes over the pyramid. The yeah. pyramid actually looks inverted because of yep. that shape and the lighting, and I was like, "What the? This is just got <laughs> trippy." And then it just it's back to normal. But it was like almost like flipping an image for me in my brain. So it was like every shot, like every panning exterior shot of a building it was all fake and it was and it was not done well um so and i know that's not what this movie is supposed to be it's not supposed to be visual um but at the same time there were other shots that were so well done and it was mostly like characters lots stuff. of tracking shots too yeah especially in the um, opening scene and on the ship it was yeah track those were good like so that's it took me out of the movie. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say B plus though. I could go B minus B, but I wouldn't go higher than a B. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I'm surprised that I wasn't sure if you'd like it or not. And I didn't think I would like it going in and <laughs> the review, the reviews seem low to me. They are, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Both of them. The audience score isn't terrible, but like Jackass is like an 80%. <laughs> something that's weird i don't know it's weird because as a kid I, I watched the jackass movies but now i'm like nah i'm good i still love them i was one of the movies i was most anticipating do you like it yeah it wasn't like the epic conclusion 
which I guess it's not. I also listened to Johnny Knoxville on Steve-O's podcast. And Steve-O noted this is the first time that Johnny Knoxville hasn't said it'll be the last one they ever do. He just does say it's the last time I'll ever do the bull thing. Yeah, he probably forgot to because... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it almost fucking killed him. And there's a scene where Steve-O gets knocked unconscious to the point where he's like, snoring unconscious. Well, you heard he, that he basically... I don't want to say brain damage because I'm not a doctor. But they said that John Knoxville had some sort of hemorrhaging in his brain. Oh, I, in the movie, they just mentioned concussion, broken ribs, and a broken arm. Yeah. Because um, they show him coming out of the hospital. No, like, it's supposed to be um, pretty bad. I'm trying, like, the story I heard him tell, there was something, the, some test that the doctor was doing, I think it was about his ability to pay attention. And I think the doctor said that he scored a 17 out of 100 or something like that. So I'm going to look that up while we're. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It just didn't honestly felt like the worst one, even though they probably had the highest budget by now, as far as choice of stunts to two, I never have a problem with seeing them. My sister made this joke that, oh, their dicks are even older in this movie than the past movie. Way more dick stunts than normal. And they already do a bunch of those. And, uh, Way more cum stuff than normal. I'm not as into those ones, but I'm always into like, you know, bad grandpa type joke or them going down like a, a lubed up like slide or something and landing in like cactuses. And that's the kind of shit I like. Or the one that yeah. gave Steve-O a concussion was really good. Yeah. So the way that he says it, and this is from a CBR article, it says... Uh, the stunt sent him to the hospital with broken wrist, broken rib concussion and a brain hemorrhage. Oh, Jesus. And he said, it took a while to recover from that. So whatever the future holds, this is probably my last time with a bull because you can only take so many chances before something forever happens after the brain hemorrhages and everything. The doctors are like, you can never have any more concussions. Yeah. And Steve-O kind of mentioned that, uh, he still likes doing it, but he's not willing to risk his life anymore. And he actually didn't want to do the one that gave him a concussion and knocked him out cold. That was what I he didn't want to he do. Did that? I still can't believe he did that. The bull or the Steve? Yeah, thing. the bull. Yeah. Well, yeah. They made a point in the credits to show the first time they did the stunt, and then them redoing the stunt, like like bigger or yeah, it's like a lot of the same ones, but there's bigger. The like the what they they improved the wedgie one quite a, quite a bit since the original wedgie one. All I can think of Johnny Knoxville from this Jackass trailer is him being inverted with that bull still under him. I can just think like if he had come down on his neck or something like that, or like and just he could die every time he does the bull. I would rather die than be paralyzed. Yeah, well, one of the closest times he came to dying was when he was like riding the rocket, I think in Jackass 2. Yeah. And one of the times it goes off and one like the explosives inside shoots out the side inches from like hitting either like this, his center or even like grazing his side. Yeah. And he talks about that as like the closest time he came to death. Yeah. No, I'm all right. But yeah. I don't know. I recommend it to Jackass fans unless you're like my roommate who's a Jackass fan, but really hates the gross out stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's my Ready jackass down? review. Yeah. That that was sneaking in, sneaking in jackass review. Yeah. I'm kind of sad that Danny isn't here. We could have talked a little bit of Uncharted. Like I know he gave his thoughts. Uh actually, here's what I'll do. Let me read those out. 
I keep every time I see yeah. the trailer for it, I actually get more excited. And Danny's comments made me more excited because I've seen Uncharted in front of the last three movies I've seen in theaters. And as someone yes, who hasn't played so. the games, I still feel like it's weird that Tom Holland is Nathan Drake, but I do like uh, him. And he has seemed to have good chemistry with Mark Wahlberg in the trailer. Yeah, he does. So I think the question I was going to ask Danny was whether or not one of the scenes we got in the trailer was the last scene of the movie because the think mustache scene the I mustache bet. scene yep it's the origin of the mustache <laughs> origin of the mustache dude two times um so of uncharted danny said uncharted is a lot of fun take the fun things from indie national treasure and even a very few good parts of tomb raider <laughs> and you have an enjoyable action popcorn film so that's something i look forward to to next week um when we get hopefully the whole crew back and we'll all talk about it. Jammer always seems unlikely. <laughs> Even when he thinks he's Jammer unlikely. It. Well, that one week he said he wasn't going to be on and he was. I think that was last week. You know, it's like a, it's like a basketball roster or a baseball roster. You know, we don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Hmm. We got a deep bench. We'll see. Ray, shut down. Shut her down. Cut the check. All right. Well, dear listener, we appreciate you listening. You can do all the socials. If you like what you heard, you can comment, you can subscribe, you can share. We would definitely appreciate it. Also, whatever you're listening to this on, be it Spotify or uh, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, go on there and leave a comment. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Also, we've got a Discord. I'm terrible about it. Other people are better, but me too. On there and, I did hop on this week for the first time in weeks. I'm so bad with Discord. I'm sorry. But uh, if you guys get on the Discord and tell me how much I suck at not being on Discord, I'll get on Discord. Well, last week, Danny asked, um, for me and Danny's show only, he asked a question and someone got on there and answered it. Someone got on there and answered So maybe, what's the question? Should we, should we ask, ask a question this week? Does that help? I mean, it wasn't like, it was something he's like, Nick and I don't know the answer to this. Like, I didn't have the news. Sto- oh, I know what it was. I didn't have the news story in front of me, but I said that when we were talking about Peacemaker, I said it was bigger. It's the biggest streaming series oh, of right. that week. And he's like, bullshit. Book of Boba Fett is like, first of all, HBO Max isn't everywhere. Everyone watches Star Wars. And then one of our fantastic listeners posted the article that, that I'd Zeb? originally seen. Yeah. Zeb. Thanks, Exactly. Zeb. Thanks, Zeb. Appreciate it. Thank you, Appreciate sir. it. Appreciate it. But other than that, Nick Dahl, where can you be found? At Geeky Nick Dahl on Twitter. And then I'm also on Marvel Multiverse Madness, which we haven't shot for a while. <laughs> podcast for a while. Because as we said, we're going to do a... Uh, uh, full commentary for uh, X-Men Wolverine Origins and it's difficult for me and Kyle to find the time to uh, basically do a three like between setup and practice like a three hour podcast slot. What do you guys fucking hate yourselves? What is this? What are you guys doing? Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, you can find me at Sir Jonesius both on Twitter as well as Instagram and of course right here on Breaking Geek Rail podcast. Folks, as always, thanks for listening and we will catch you on the next one. Hasta lasagna. Don't get any on ya. Mission accomplished and whatever the fuck Danny would say. I'm not here.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.